Albert Take Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're in season three, and I am telling you, I am having a ball. Hope you enjoyed the season. Hope you enjoyed the episodes. I'm getting feedback like crazy. I've been traveling in different cities, and y'all are coming up and talking about how you're enjoying the podcast. And I just tell you, I appreciate it so, so much. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, subscribed. Subscri- subscribed, subscribe, um, sign up, uh, and share it with a friend. If you hear something that is encouraging you, it'll probably encourage your friend. So send it to a friend and be like, girl, you need to listen to this. Or um, it's just better to do the girls. The guys just be boring. Hey, bro, you should listen to this. It inspired me, bro. Um, no, listen, I'm having a ball, and my goal is to just encourage you along the journey that you might experience an extraordinary God um, in extraordinary ways as we walk in a very ordinary world. Um, so uh, I just want to encourage you. And today, woo, we're going we to go there a little bit. We're going to go there. We're talking about forgiveness and what happens on the other side of forgiveness. Let's go. <laughs> So my mom, we're having a casual conversation and she's got folks over at our house, which she always does. She has an amazing gift of hospitality. So she's hosting some folks over Sunday after church and she's just making a list of who's there. And they're all the usual suspects, you know, Lisa, AJ, uh, just just some of our regular friends that are always over. And then she just mentioned some guy named Kenny. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That was Lisa's friend, Kenny. It's great. And she, and then she just kind of casually says, yeah, and, and, and uh, Kenny's, Kenny's my friend. I said, I said, okay, oh yeah, that, that's nice. Um, I'm I'm drinking coffee, by the way. That was a sip. So every now and then you feel a little sip. That's a pause to just marinate on what God's saying. <laughs> so she says, she says, yeah, yeah, Kenny, he's my. Friend. Oh, I said, oh, you're great, great. She's like, no, he's my, he's my friend. <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, okay. And she said it just so weird. Well, that's just, you know, that's that's how we have those conversations in our family. She just dropped it on me. So obviously she's dating this guy. Now, a, um, a little backstory. Um, my parents got divorced when I was 21 after about 28 years of marriage. Um, my mom's been single since then. And this is the first relationship. So she's um, not her, not our first relationship, but this is the one that that uh that went to the next level pretty quickly she uh she met him um and then after three months so this was after about two weeks she says this is my friend kenny my friend you know what i mean so the word friend is now just hijacked in my head whenever i hear it i have i'm traumatized from my mama's announcement this is my friend my friend <laughs> it's like, oh god my friend so she tells me her friend and uh she calls back um about three months later and said, yeah, hey, I'm, we gon', we get married. I was like, whoa. So, and she's like, and, and we get married in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, they had picked the date. I mean, the timeline is crazy. It just happened really fast. It just happened really, really fast. Um, I think he proposed after two weeks and then they were married in three months. So I go down and, you know, 
and I hadn't met Kenny. I don't know Kenny, but Kenny seems like a great guy. Um, so the family just rearranges the schedule. We get stuff and we pack up and we go to Mississippi because uh, that's where my mom lives now. And we go to Mississippi and we are there for her wedding. Now, um, you want you want to know something awkward? Uh, walking your mama down the aisle, like biologically, it ain't supposed to work out like that. Like, like some of us. We walked with our mamas down the aisle. We was in the stomach because we was pregnant. So some some of y'all, that's your testimony. You was there at the wedding. You just wasn't there there. But yo, I'm walking her down the aisle. Um, so you know, but it, it, the goal isn't my comfort. The goal isn't me at all. The goal is uh my mom's happiness. So she gets married right there in our house, and then she has a big reception there in the local community center. And um, you know what? I um, I went in with a lot of suspicion, with a lot of questions, with a lot of um, with a lot of yeah, yeah. I just didn't know, and it's just weird, right? It's just weird. Um, but when I tell you the night of that wedding, I'm 42 years old. I've never seen my mom as happy as she was that night. It was um, it was a sight to behold. So this season, I'm doing these lessons, and they're inspired by my top nine picks from last year. Um, and this week's episode, the pick is um, is me and my mom, and that's her wedding night. Uh, if you pull up the pic, it's on the website. It's on. It's online. Um, you should be able to see it. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Look at that picture. Look at that mom. Look at her. And when I tell you she's radiating with joy, just joy, joy, joy. It um, never seen my mom so happy before. And Kenny is a phenomenal guy. And he is committed to making my mom the happiest woman on earth. And it's been really cool. And, you know, honestly, a little gross to see. Because they're like, you know, we're at the house and they're doing like that new couple stuff. Will you stop doing that? Will you stop? We'll move that over there. You stop. It's like, oh, give me a bucket so I can throw up, please. Um, so you got that part of it. But generally, it's, it's pretty amazing to see my mom this happy. Um, this joy this wholeness, this peace she has, I want you to understand it comes and that's what's on the other side of forgiveness. I was 21, I was just started, just started preaching and um, I was pastoring that small church there in Pelahatchee, Mississippi. And I'll never forget the day my mom called and said, um, I was listening to you preach that sermon today. I was preaching about the man at the pool of Bethesda and how he had been sick at the pool for 38 years. And my mom said to me, she says, I've been in this marriage for 28 years. And I heard the Lord say, do you want to be made whole? And she said, that's when I decided to divorce your father. Now, parenthesis here, parenthetically, that's pretty traumatizing because the sermon that I wrote inspired my mom to divorce my dad. So just know we worked that out in about six sixty seven hundred dollars worth of therapy that that cost me. I had to work that out. No, I'm just kidding. It was um, 
it was the beginning of the disorientation of our family. Um, and I use the word disorientation because it wasn't a destruction. It wasn't a, a, it was just a disorientation. We just had to reorient according to a new normal. Um, as an adult watching my parents and navigate divorce, um, there was some, there was some difficult, painful moments. Um, but over time, what was amazing watching my mom up close, I, I, I watched my dad from a distance, uh, but he didn't necessarily talk about the dynamics of working through the next season of his life. But there are moments when my mom would invite us into conversations, not to disparage my father at all, but to talk through her process of how she moved on. And I'll never forget the day she called me um, and she said, hey, oh, by the way, because this is how my mom rolls. She'll just drop it into casual conversation. Hey, hey yeah, uh -huh, we was over eating dinner. Uh -huh, having a good day. Uh -huh. Oh, by the way, yeah. Hey, I forgave your dad. And I thought, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. You, what, huh? And it was just, I, I think it, it might have been a year after the divorce or two years after it was. I don't remember how long because it's been a long time now, uh, over 20 years. Uh, but I remember that day, though. I remember the moment when she said it because I thought, how was that possible? And I immediately went to all the usual suspects. Did he call you? Did he say something to you? Did he write you? What happened? How? What? What? She's like, oh, no, I ain't talked to him. And really, in essence, what she goes on to explain is that she didn't talk to my dad. She talked to her father. She talked to God. And she began to lean into God. And she began to lean into God's purpose for her life. She began to reclaim an identity that, that was bigger than her marriage, that was bigger than her divorce. She claimed an identity that was that was sealed in Christ and who Christ had called her to be. Because, you know, sometimes when you go through things like that, your identity becomes a mom or your identity becomes a wife or your identity becomes a dad or your identity becomes a, a, a husband or your identity becomes, for, for, for the mom, uh, I'm, I'm a worker, I'm a, I'm a CEO or the identity for the dad, I'm a, I'm a truck driver, uh, I'm, I'm a board member. You know, you, you, you begin to tie yourself to identities what she did was she tied herself to her identity of her father, her heavenly father. And she recognized I am, I am bigger than what my marriage was. I am bigger than what divorce is. So those labels aren't big enough to hold me. So I'm not going to wear those labels. They're too small. God has given me a name. He's given me a new name. He's given me an identity and I'm going to lean into it. And what, what I saw her process and walk through was that she fell in love with who Christ created her to be. She came back to her original self, the original, original, original self, who God created, who God foreknew, who God foreordained. She came back to her. And in that, she found so much joy, so much pleasure. She was filled with so much love. She had to look at unforgiveness, who had found residence in her life, and give it an eviction notice and say, hey, you can't live here anymore because I need the space for the new love that's moving in to where I, what God has called me to be. So it's not like I overwhelmingly got over everything that happened or I forgot everything that happened. No, 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 no. I still remember. I still feel the pain. There's still betrayal. There's still devastation. But guess what? I, 
God is filling my house with so much love. I don't have the room and the space in my house to house you anymore. So you got to move out. I got to give you an eviction notice so that I can experience the fullness of all that God has for me. I'm telling you, forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about, yeah, another person, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ being so overwhelmingly present and satisfying in your life. You will come to a point to where you don't have the capacity to hate because you are consumed with so much love because in his presence, there is a fullness of joy. There is peace. There is love. And those aren't just phrases we throw around. No, when you go through hell and high water and when you desperately pursue God, those are words and phrases that shape and transform and form your life. I'm telling you, forgiveness is about evicting hate, for evicting bitterness because love is moving in. And that picture that you see is what the other side of forgiveness looks like. Oh, I'm sure there were tears. I'm sure there were frowns. I'm sure there was frustrations facing forgiveness and having to look at it and having to extend it. But on the other side of it, can I just get you ready? Can I just tell you there's some big things on the other side? Let me just give you a few things that are on the other side of forgiveness. Here's the point of the podcast where you open up your notes and you write something down. All right, here we go. Number one, on the other side of forgiveness is number one, hard work. I'm not going, I'm not going to BS you right? It's hard work. It's not magical. It's not easy. You will have days where you don't feel nothing and then you will bump into them and then you'll be like, oh, and it all come back. That's when you invite the Holy Spirit. Keep working on me. Keep working on me. I, this is this is really for let me let me just let me let me just tell you who this is for. For those of you that are that have been betrayed, for those of you that have had friends that disappoint you, for those of you that have had expectations on people to show up and they never showed up, for those of you that are working through relationships that devastated you, deeply disappointed you, deeply discouraged you, I'm talking to you. God has had you download this podcast. You're sitting in this moment. You're working on that uh, on that treadmill. You're out doing your thing right now. But I'm telling you, God has arrested your attention. God is speaking to you because he loves you too much to have you keep walking and going and living, housing unforgiveness and bitterness in your body. It's time to evict it. It's time to evict it. And I'm going to give you a preview of upcoming attractions so that you might know what deliverance looks like and feels like. It looks and feels like hard work. It looks and feels like when there, there are people that I've just been devastated by that I that I have that I've had to work through forgiveness with. And I'm telling you, it goes in seasons. It goes in waves. It's like grief. It goes away. There's sometimes when I've released it and I've let it go, and then I'll see a picture, I'll bump into him at Trader Joe, and I'll be like, ah. And the Holy Spirit says, Come on, we're working through this. We move past this. We walk in forgiveness. We walk in freedom. I'm so good to you. Why in the world would you look at a, at somebody else that used to live in your house and long for long for that? Don't you go backwards. We're moving forward. It's like a relationship. I'm in a relationship with the fullness of the love of God. I don't need to go back and flirt with disappointment and devastation and bitterness. Because the love is so good, I don't need to flirt with bitterness. You see what I'm saying? Don't go, don't go back. It's hard work, but don't go back. That's point number one. It's hard work. Forgiveness is hard work and it's ongoing for some of us. Some of us, we get to a point and it's just gone. It's over. It's boom. I walked in that. Woo. Praise the Lord. Some of us is at 365 days because some of us, we have to live with the person that we're 
extending this forgiveness. Some of us don't have the pleasure and the gift of distance. Ah, some of us work with the people. So it ain't like other people's story. They don't see them that much. They gone. They ain't not around. Some of us, you going to work with them. Some of you, you, you live with them. Some of them, they come over every Christmas and every Thanksgiving. Hello, somebody. I know I'm getting close. Hold on. Let me sip. Let me sip. I'm going to sip this coffee real quick. Some of you, that's what you're experiencing. It's hard work, but don't go back. Bitterness can't live in this house anymore. Bitterness cannot live in this house anymore. The other thing is, to be honest, it's freedom. Oh, it's so free. Hating, living in hate and being a hater is a lot of work. It's just, it takes up a lot of time and it consumes you. And here's the thing. There's no reward. It doesn't work. There's no payoff. It's not like somehow you hating them is hindering their ability to move on and progress. So some of you, you hating on somebody, you got bitterness with somebody and they didn't completely moved on. They ain't even thinking about you no more. They, they all the way free and you sitting over here in a prison that you didn't lock yourself up in. And the crazy thing is you got the key to the gate, but you won't even come out. You're holding yourself hostage. You, you hating them and not forgiving them ain't, ain't, ain't holding them back not one bit. So why are you choosing to not walk in the freedom that God has given you? Walk in freedom. Get free. When I, when I, lay, I lay things on the altar, but y'all, I regularly lay people on the altar because carrying either one unnecessarily burdens you to something that you weren't designed to carry. You, you, you're not designed to carry those burdens, those things, and you're not designed to carry those people, the hurt that those people brought, the, the, the hate that those people brought. And, and for some of us, you can't get over it. That's why you get into counseling. Counseling is worth your freedom. Don't fall into this mess about I'm not going to counseling. It ain't none of my, it ain't none of my business. But my, oh, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Get your behind on somebody's couch and say, help me get through this disappointment. Because it's hindering you and, and your freedom is worth your investment. Ah, I'm going to say that again. Your freedom is worth your investment. You don't have to stay in bondage. You don't st have to stay in prison by other people's devastation to you. And some of it, it's deep. It goes back to abuse and people violating you and people trespassing. They cross the line and they step into a place that they shouldn't have. And that's traumatized you. And I'm thinking, I'm saying, yo, you're not going to get over that by just sipping coffee and doing your daily devotion. Get some help. Your freedom is worth the investment. So number one, don't go back. Number two, your freedom is worth the investment. Get the help if you're stuck in unforgiveness. Because I'm sitting here talking on this podcast, and, 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 and my words and my rhetoric could almost minimize it and make you think and feel like it's easy. And you did, oh, it just, it just happened. No, 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 no. It doesn't just happen. It requires a supernatural work of God. And sometimes it requires getting some mental, some mental breakthroughs so that the supernatural work of God can, can fully manifest. Because you've unlocked your mind and unlocked the trauma. So freedom. And finally, I could do 10 of these, but finally, there's just joy, y'all. There's joy and restoration. There's peace. God, God just kind of redeems it all. Um, 
that picture of my mom, she has such an amount of joy, but that kind of joy only comes on the other side of forgiveness. Only comes on the other side of forgiveness. So I want you to just dream a little bit. Those of you that are still harboring and stuck in unforgiveness, can you just begin to use your spiritual imagination and ask the question, I wonder what's on the other side of my forgiveness. Is there joy sitting there waiting on you? Is there peace just sitting there waiting to be picked up? Is, is it, you praying for all this stuff to come and I'm telling you, it's all right there. What you don't realize, it's on the other side of forgiveness. Here's my last one and then I'll go finish this coffee and eat a croissant. Um, some of you, the person you need to forgive is listening to this podcast right now. It's you. What's on the other side of you forgiving you? The joy that you need, the confidence that you need, that insecurity, it comes because you haven't released and freed yourself. So you're insecure. You're showing up in the business room, insecure. You're showing up in the classroom, insecure. Some of you, you're showing up in the bedroom, insecure with your spouse because you haven't forgiven yourself. I'm telling you, the peace of God is on the other side of your forgiveness of you. The confidence in God and who he is and his ability to use you for his glory is on the other side of you forgiving you. Freedom is on the other side of you forgiving you. Wholeness, full restoration is on the other side of you forgiving you. Joy is on the other side of you forgiving you. And here's the last one. You. You are on the other side of you forgiving you. Because let's be honest, you haven't been you in a long time. And it's time you get back to you. And you're sitting right there on the other side of your ability to let go and move forward. Um, my kids love Frozen. It's, uh, so we've watched Frozen 1, we've watched Frozen 2, watched them all about, mm, let's see, 50 million times, I think. Like, I think it's right around 50 million. Um, the two together make a great combination for deliverance and direction. And I leave you with these instructions. Forgive. Because on the other side of forgiveness, it's probably your greatest joy and your greatest victory. Albert, how do I do it? The great prophets of, Pro, of Frozen would tell us, let it go so that you might go into the unknown, the place where you've never been before. And that is the fullness of joy, the fullness of peace, the fullness of hope. It's only found in the presence of God. So let it go, my friend, and let's go together into the unknown, where the fullness of joy is found. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Albert Tate Podcast. To stay connected, make sure to subscribe to the Albert Tate channel, rate and review this episode, and make sure to share on your social media platforms. You can follow along with Albert on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Once again, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode, and we'll see you next time.